You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. And so Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through verse 4, we'll have a word of prayer and we'll get into our message here tonight. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live a long life on the earth. Ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and in the admonition of the Lord. Heavenly Father, we pray you bless your word tonight. We have a lot to cover, so help this preacher to get through this material quickly tonight, but not so quick that it doesn't sink into our hearts and into our minds and stay with us, especially these young families that have these children that they're seeking to raise in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Would you help them tonight through your Holy Spirit and through your precious word to establish some real convictions in their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, I'm going to come down there and join you. Of course, this is where we've been now. This is the sixth week uh, that we've been looking at how to provide protection for your sons and for your daughters. We've talked about the enemies that are out there in the world that are after our families. Satan's doing a tremendous job. We've got to give him credit, right? I mean, he's doing a good job at destroying our families, and we're in hot spiritual warfare uh, right now in these latter days. And I, I, listen, I believe we're very close to the coming of our Lord. And the Bible said that things are even going to heat up uh, as far as that is concerned. Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. So let's uh, kind of uh, do a review over where we've been so far in this series within a series. We talked about how important it is for fathers to turn their hearts to their... Come on, fathers, turn your hearts to your children, and the children, in turn, turn your hearts to your fathers, all right? Lest I smite the land with a curse. Certainly our land has been cursed. Our families have been cursed. The hearts of fathers have not been turned to the children, and the children, in turn, have not been turning their hearts to their fathers. You see, a father can turn his heart to his children, but that doesn't mean those children will necessarily turn their hearts back to their fathers, A child's heart can be turned towards their parents, but at the same time, we see parents completely turning their hearts away from their families. We're in desperate times. And um, I think these uh, sessions that we've been in are are very, very important uh, for where we are uh, as a church. And, of course, we have a lot of young families. We praise the Lord for that. So how can parents, uh, how can they keep the hearts of their sons and of their daughters. My son, give me thine heart. Of course, again, that's going to be a decision that the son or daughter makes, but there's things that we can do to try to gain and then try to keep the hearts of our sons and our daughters. You know, when they're little like this, it's not hard to have their heart, is it? No, they freely give their heart. Freely give their heart to mama. Freely give their heart to daddy. Sometimes they don't even want to give their heart to anyone else, right? I mean, it's mom or it's daddy, especially when they fall down and get a boo-boo, all right? And even grandpas don't, don't work then. It's, I want mama, all right? So as our children begin to grow, Satan works overtime to do what? 
turn their hearts what? Away. Not to, but turn their hearts away. Why? Because if their hearts are turned away, they'll not be prepared for the Lord, John the Baptist said. If their hearts are turned away, they're wide open for a curse to come, Malachi says. So as they grow up, it becomes harder and more difficult, especially within the teenage years, uh, to keep the hearts of our children. You've stolen my heart. There's a lot of things and a lot of individuals that are seeking to steal the hearts of our sons and daughters. And we're going to talk about that tonight. But I want to tell you who's behind all of this is Satan. He is a liar. He is a liar. He is a liar. And many there be that go thereat. Many will follow his ways. <clears throat> but he steals the hearts. You've heard me say this verse many, many times. The thief cometh not but for to what? Steal. Stealing the hearts. To steal followed by killing and destroying. I want you to notice verse 18. Verse 17, great verse, but verse 18. For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly or their own flesh. Now watch this. And by good words, hey, young people. By good words, you've got to be careful about the good words that someone will speak to you. That through good words, and what kind of speech? Fair speech, pleasing speech, speech you want to hear, people agreeing with you, coming alongside with you, taking up your offense with you. That by good words and fair speech, they deceive the hearts of the what? Simple. What does that word simple mean? Naive. They deceive the hearts of the naive. They deceive the hearts of the stupid. Those who are stupid, naive, simpletons, they will listen to the good words and the fair speeches. And those good words and fair speeches will draw their hearts away especially from their parents, but most importantly, it will draw their heart away from the Lord. Perfect example of this was Absalom. What did Absalom, who was King David's son, who literally dethroned King David and for a short period of time took the throne himself, could you imagine that? How was he able to remove his father from the throne and take the throne? He, he, he told the men what they wanted to hear. The good words and the fair speeches. And then they gave their hearts to Absalom and they overthrew David. Absalom stole. He stole. I said to someone here not too long ago, you stole their heart. They didn't like what I said, but what I said was true. I want to tell you something. It is a serious, serious, serious sin to steal the heart of someone that doesn't belong to you. Do you understand that, church family? A young man can steal the heart of a young girl. 
A young girl can steal the heart of a young man. Adults can steal the hearts of children. These are some of the things that we have talked about so far when it comes to doing what we can do to keep the hearts of our sons and daughters. We ended up last week with talking about music and how important it is to make sure our children have good, godly music to listen to and develop a taste for good, godly music. Now tonight, and again, I, I hated to rush through those, but tonight I need to get all the way to number 41. Don't go, wow. Like some of you are like, you'll never do it, Pastor. Do you know how fast I can click 41 times? I'm not going to show you. (laughs) So let's go to the next one, number 12. One of the very important ways to keep the hearts of your sons and daughters is for uh, the wife to love her husband and the husband to love his wife. You know what that provides for a child? It provides security. It keeps the child from pitting parents against parents. They're experts at that. It keeps the child from taking up an offense either for the mom or for the dad. When you have a mom and dad who truly love each other, listen to me, and are on the same page going in the same direction. That is so important. When Shelley and I married, we believed the same, our doctrine was the same, our convictions were the same, and our standards were the same. Can I tell you how much of a benefit that that was going into a marriage to have those three things nailed down and not have any compromise or conflict over those between ourselves? So make sure you're loving your wife and make sure you are loving your husband as you should. Next one here is honor and praise your children when you see godly character. Now you you may only see it once a year, but boy, when you see it, let them know. Someone said there has to be ten part praise for one part rebuke. And I think that's really a good, I mean, I can't, that's not anywhere in the Bible. All right. Paul couldn't find anything really to praise the Corinthian church about. He said, I praise you not. And so we're not talking about praising your children uh, and, and, and masking it in an untruth. But when you do see your children doing something that's worthy of honor, that's worthy of praise. Give them that honor, give them that praise. Did you see how those kids responded to praise and approval tonight? Did you see how their faces beamed with delight? Yeah. And so they need to find that from us. If they don't find that from us, where where are they going to look for it? They're going to look for it from someone else. As we're talking about keeping their hearts. So let's give them the honor and the praise that they need. Next is provide... Daily schedule for your children. <clears throat> Don't let them sleep till 11 o'clock in the morning. Hello? Get them up, get them out of bed, have a schedule for them. Listen, give them chores. Hallelujah. Give them chores. If they mouth off, give them more chores. Hmm? I'll never forget. Uh, I like picking on Daniel. He's such a, uh, you knew I was going to do this, didn't you? And we're all sitting around the table and everyone has their chores to do, clean up after, you know. And Daniel's mouthing off about something. I don't know what he's mouthing off about. And I said, uh, 
Daniel, if you keep mouthing off, you're going to do all the chores. All the kids are, mouth off, mouth off. (laughs) Don't let your kids be lazy. We have raised enough good-for-nothing lazy brats. Right? So give them a daily schedule. This is good for them. All right? And it'll help you, believe it or not, it'll help you keep their hearts. Next is discipline, rebellious, and an independent spirit, and do so at a very young age. Okay? Don't wait till they're teenagers to try to discipline this out of them. You see that manifest itself, you get on it. I mean, in my opinion, this is the most important thing to discipline. If you're going to discipline something, you discipline a rebellious and independent spirit. Do you know how difficult this is for me not to want to just stop and expound more and more on these things? You know, it's so hard. Protect them from outside jobs. We have seen so many young people's hearts be stolen away because they have gotten into a job where there's really, really, really bad influence or it's a job that, in my opinion, is compromising. You know, it's one of those things Jesus would never do. So I'm going to say, I think it's a good thing for young people to work, but if they're going to work outside the home and outside your supervision, you know, the Bible talks about having them under godly governors and tutors. If you have an opportunity to put them in a Christian environment to work and to earn some money, then do that. But how many hearts of children have been lost because they've gone out to work and they've worked for the ungodly or there's been ungodly influences at work and their hearts have been stolen? All right? So parents, be very, very careful about this. Next is protect them from wrong friends. That's a job in and of itself. Evil friendships will corrupt good morals. So you need to keep them from uh, wrong friends. The Bible said a friend is not only your friend, but it's also your father's friend, the book of Proverbs. And if it's not a friend of your father, it ought not to be your friend. Good principle to follow, right? So dads oversee that. Protect them from immoral men and immoral women. There are immoral men and immoral women everywhere out there in the world. Give me an amen. Watch out. They are after our young people. Okay? In many, many ways, we'll talk a little bit more about this a little bit later here. Tonight, So protect them from immoral men and women. Number 19, don't allow your children to go to sleepovers. I have preached this for years. And yet some of you still allow your kids to go to sleepovers. Even if they're going to a good house where you have the same convictions as that mom and you don't know what's going on in that bedroom during the night. It's very unwise to allow your children to go to sleepovers. Just don't do it. Next, teach your children the importance of dressing modestly. This not only applies to girls. This applies to guys as well. All right? A lot of times we really are on the girls about dressing modestly. But it also applies to young men as well, who are trying to show off their bodies, wearing tight, tight clothes, just just like girls do, wear tight, tight clothes or, you know, take the shirt off and um, it's inappropriate. 
Actually, you know, someone that has a shirt off, the Bible calls it nakedness. The Bible says if the thigh, and if the thigh, if you bear the thigh, God considered that nakedness. Well, there's a lot of nakedness going on in there. Teach your daughters how to dress like a lady. Don't you think young men ought to look like young men and young ladies ought to look like young ladies? A man should not wear that which pertaineth unto a woman and a woman should not pertaineth wear that which pertaineth unto a man. This is an abomination unto the Lord. Boy, you should be able to look at a young lady and say, that's a beautiful young lady. That's a handsome young man. Okay? Sometimes you, 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 you can't tell from the back. You can, you know, they turn around and they have a beard, but they look like a lady from the back. I mean, it's, it's an embarrassing thing. Especially, don't whistle at someone like that. <laughs> I believe so strongly in this unclean principle and the principle of separation. This principle of separation is just not being taught in our churches. Now, you may be tired of hearing it. It's okay, you're going to continue to hear it. It's just such an important principle. Come out from among them and be separate. There's a lot of unclean things. I just threw up some things here real quickly that came to my mind. And when I got to the bottom of the page, I was going to go to the next page. I said, no, I don't have time to do that. But here are just some things. There's a lot of unclean stuff coming across our computers. You know, we used to talk about the unclean things that came across the television. My goodness, that's not even close to the unclean things that are coming across our computer screens. The Internet. Unfettered access to the Internet that we're giving to our young people. Listen, if you're going to have the Internet in your home, lock it down. Put password upon password. You know how kids can get around stuff like this? I don't know how these kids can figure out these passwords, but they can. So you, listen, you have to be extra, extra careful when it comes to having the Internet in your home. If you're going to have a computer, you're going to have an Internet uh, server, make sure it is in a public place in your home, okay? Where anyone and everyone can see it at any time. You know how I feel about this, right? <clears throat> I long for the days when we didn't have cell phones. Monday morning, I got up, charged my cell phone. Uh, during the night, I got up. I had a I can't remember what. I was going to ask Siri something. I go, hey, Siri. And she wouldn't respond. She was in a bad mood. And I said, hey, Siri. And uh, she must have still been sleeping. You know? Six o'clock's too early for Siri to get up, I guess. So I turned my phone off, go to turn it back on, and it won't turn back on. My phone will not come on. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Stupid thing. So I go down to Verizon, get my phone. They can't, Verizon can't get on. They say, you're going to have to go to the Apple store. I said, you're kidding. They said, no, don't go to the one in Ann Arbor. You'll be in there forever. Go to the one in Lansing. It's only like a mile further. Go to one. So I go, go to the one in Lansing. I never saw so many people in one store in my life. <laughs> How many have ever been to the Apple store? That's ridiculous. So anyway, I didn't make an appointment online, I just went up there, middle of the afternoon, 45 minutes for someone to see me, 45 minutes for them to work on my phone, they couldn't even get it turned on. 
They had to send it in for me to get another phone. I got a loaner phone now. I'm like, I hate cell phones. When was the day when you had a phone in your house that was free? Remember free phones? How many remember free phones? Oh, three people. Three people remember free phones. How many remember the party line? Oh, a few of you do there. I was a little, uh, very, very little, but my mom and dad had a party line. I remember a party line. Those kids don't even know what's a party line. Phone, did you have a party on? No, it's not. <laughs> I am so against, so against our young people having these cell phones that are connected to the internet. Social media. Fools propagating foolishness. Here not too long ago, we were actually with a, uh, invest- a, a, a police investigator, and all he does is work on social media and so on. It was fascinating. This is an unsaved man that deals only with social media on the police force. I, I'm, I'm like, I wish I could have you come and speak to our people about social media and what's going on out there. It's frightening. Protect them from immoral reading material. Again, wrong friends, worldly music, worldly activities, worldly entertainment. You're probably saying, well, well, what should we do? Just get a box and put them in there and put a hole and shove food in it? That's a great idea. You don't think that's a good idea? No. There is clean and unclean. And you know what? I want our kids in our church to be clean, don't you? Well, we cannot feed them unclean things and expect them to be clean. Worldly influence is powerful. It's powerful upon all of us, but especially upon our young people who just have not developed discernment yet. Number 23, point out godly character and good role models within the church. I mean, bring those before your people. Look at so-and-so. They're so faithful. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, they're in church. Look at their character. Look, Look at their marriage. Look at how they serve. Just continually pointing out good character in others. Build respect by controlling anger and lust. The wrath of man worketh what? Not the righteousness of God. Talk about losing the hearts of your sons and daughters. Anger will do it. I want you to know something here. You listen to me, dads, and moms too. Ladies are into this pornography scene now too. It's really unbelievable. But you want to lose the, you want to lose the respect of your children? Let them catch you in pornography. They will never forget that. Keep accountability with your children. How are you doing? What's going on in your life? Share with me. Are you struggling with anything? Keep accountability with them. Always be available to give your children your attention. Have you ever noticed as children are growing up, they love to have your attention? 
Yep. And if you're not giving them your attention, they will get it. Like, Dad, Dad, Papa, Pastor. But <laughs> they want your attention. That never stops. We can get so busy, so caught up in our lives, entangled in the affairs of this life, so busy in our work schedules, that family is set aside. And we forget how important it is to invest in our children's lives. Discipline your children in love. So many times we feel, so so many times my kids would get me so angry. How many have ever disciplined in anger? That makes me feel better. But that is the worst. It's better not to discipline than to discipline in anger. Fathers must assume the responsibility of the spiritual leadership in the home and mothers must be under their husband's authority. A lot of problems that we're having with our children with rebellion, it's because mom and dad aren't living right. Now, not all the time. I'm not... It's not a blanket statement, but a lot of it could be. They're just mirroring what they're seeing. Next, be faithful in attending a fundamental church. Don't don't put your kids in one of these compromising, worldly churches that do nothing but feed their flesh. Don't put them there. They may say, well, I don't want to go to fellowship anymore. I want to go to that church over there. Make them sit in fellowship. Make them sit under this mean pastor that scowls all the time. Someone said to me just the other day, why do you scowl all the time? I said, I do? I said, yeah, you're always scowling up there. I said, okay, I'll try to fix that. I ain't going to fix that. Take that scowl off your face. Next, be excited about attending church. Amen? Man, it's Wednesday night. It's time to go to church. We're going to learn something, kids. See, kids get more excited to go over to Patch Kids than you do to come. shouldn't be that way. Our kids ought to see an excitement about being in church. Now we've got to go to church. Next one. Oh, this is a good one. <laughs> this is the most important one on the whole list. Always speak well of your pastor. The Bible said, esteem him very highly in love for his work's sake. You you know why this is so important? Even if you don't like the pastor, you don't agree with the pastor, that you're upset with the pastor, guess what? Don't ever bring that to your children. Because here's what happens. Okay? They will lose their heart for me. And when they lose their heart for me, they'll lose their heart for the word of God that's coming forth from me. And that will be to your detriment. So don't ever, you know, don't ever roast the preacher for dinner. Okay? Don't do that because I'm too fat. You couldn't eat it all anyway. (laughs) Next one. Ask your children to share with you your personal blind spots because we all have them. We all have them. And then seek to change in those areas. And as your children see that humility in you, they'll, they'll respond to that. Always be willing to ask forgiveness. 
I've said this many times again. Just admit you were wrong. Throw that word wrong in there. I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? <clears throat> Teach them by our personal example. Next is guide your children in the development of biblical convictions. You know, it can't just be, well, that's what the church teaches or that's what mom and dad believes. Somehow we need to get these convictions into our children. All right? One of the good ways, well, isn't that amazing to, for those kids to say the whole psalm? What was that, Psalm 128? Was that it? 127? What? 27, Psalm 27? Wow. That was amazing. I thought, good job, Ben, you know? Ben had to memorize that too. But it's so... You know what convictions are to me? Convictions to me are just like a rudder on a ship that keeps you going in the right direction. You don't get off to the left, don't get off to the right. You just, those convictions keep you going straight. I really feel sorry for people who don't have convictions. They're just tossed to and fro. Next is know when to remove them from danger. This is just, I got to put my foot down. Hey, You've heard me say this before. God didn't call you to be your children's friend. He called you to be their parent. And sometimes you just have to say, no. You're not going there. You're not doing that. You're not hanging around that person. <clears throat> Seek to make brothers and sisters very best friends. Now that, that can be a challenge. But uh, I've, I've seen that in our family. Uh, I think of my three girls. Do I ever say anything good about my seven boys? Do I ever say anything good about them? But my, my three girls are absolutely best friends. And what a blessing that is to see that. And it is awesome when we have family time at our house. My boys are all sitting around and they're, they're just talking and sharing. And they're good friends with each other. It's great. <clears throat> You know, if you really get this down, they don't need a lot of friends on the outside. Teach brothers to watch over their sisters. Okay? If any young man's interested, beat the snot out of them. I mean, yes. No, but girls, I'm sorry, ladies, but listen. Girls need special protection. Okay? Girls are special. You don't ever hit the girls. <laughs> the girls may hit you. <laughs> don't hit the girls. Postpone getting them a car. I asked, uh, we had this uh, revival here at the church and I was teaching the teenagers. I said, if you had all the money in the world, there's one thing you could buy, what would you buy? A car, a car, a car, a car, a car, a car, a car. Everyone wants a car. Wasn't that the answer? Didn't everyone give that answer to someone give... So, what did you give you? What? I, oh, yeah. Someone wanted an island. And I said, yeah, that's exactly where you belong, on an abandoned island. If they want a car. Let me tell you something. A lot of bad things happen in a car. 
And if you're going to get your son and daughter a car, let them go to work in the car and come back home in the car. Make them ask permission when they're going to. It's like, it's my car. I can go. I can do. I can. No. Listen, you're still the boss. Right? Until they're out on their own, you are still the boss. So be careful about this whole car thing. Next is challenge each one of your children to totally dedicate their lives to the Lord. Just keep bringing that back to them, bringing that back to them. Let them know this is the most important thing, that they live a life of dedication to the Lord. <clears throat> now, this may sound a little strange to some of you, but it's not. Dads, date your daughters. Spend some time in a vigil with your daughters. Take them out to lunch. Moms, do the same with your sons. Mom, go hang out with your son. Go do something with your son. Um, but date them, all right? That's one of the ways that you can just keep their hearts. Next one is teach your children biblical principles of courtship. This is what we're going to spend the entire lesson on next week, okay? We're going to talk about courtship. It's actually been three years since we've covered the principles of courtship here, so we're going to go over that. But teach them how to respond to their, with the affections that they have for someone of the opposite sex, you know? Boys are going to be attracted to girls, and girls are going to be attracted to boys. It's supposed to be that way. Okay? But even though it's supposed to be that way, God has a special way for us to handle those affections that come between a young man and a young lady. So what I want to do here, just in the next couple minutes, is I want to give you just an overview of what we're going to talk about next week, because some of you aren't going to be back here next week. I wish you all were, but some of you aren't. You're going to cop out on me. Some of you are only here to see your kids tonight. I got your number. All right? What we're going to talk about next week is very important. This courtship thing versus dating. Okay, they're two different things. So I just want to give a quick, quick overview of courtship, and then we're going to get into it in detail uh, next week. <clears throat> By the way, can I tell you this? The way the world does it doesn't work too good. So there's God's way of finding a life's partner, and there's what? There's man's way. Man's way is unrighteous. God's way is righteous. The Bible tells us we're to walk in the righteous path. We're to be on the highway of what, kids? Holiness. The highway of holiness. Sad when a relationship ends up like this. On the unrighteous side. But what a beautiful thing when you have young people who are really seeking the Lord over who their life's partner should be on the righteous side. So let's apply some principles to the area of dating and courting. First of all, is to completely reject the worldly philosophy of dating. Reject it. Now, we'll explain to you what that worldly philosophy is next week if you don't know what it is, but reject it completely. Next one here is purpose not to defile yourself. I am going to keep myself pure. Next is guard your heart with all diligence, keeping it for the one. What? The one that God has for you. This, listen, this dating around, and I'm going to date this guy and that guy and him and remember one time when I was in uh, the Philippines, they asked me to do a um, seminar for young people 
And one of the things they wanted me to deal with was dating. And so I'll, I'll never forget, I found a bakery. There's a lot of them in the Philippines, but I found one to bake me a cake in the size of a heart. And so they, they made me this, this, not the size of but it was a heart-shaped cake. And so we had some young ladies come up, and um, <clears throat> we took this cake. And as a young man would approach her and want to date her, she'd take a piece of that cake and she'd give it to him. And he'd go stand over. And another young man would come up and she'd date him and give, her, give him a It was hilarious. But when the right one finally came, she only had one little piece of her heart to give to him. That's not how God designed it to be. He did not design us to give away our heart. Okay? I believe with all my heart that there's one special one that God has for you. So this dating around, you know what it does? It, it damages relationships. It breaks people's hearts. It causes problems in families. Really, it, it messes things up big time. We'll get more, more into that next week. <clears throat> but God has a special one for you, so wait for that one. And then get focused here. The Bible said that someone who is single can care for the things of the Lord, how they may please the Lord. Someone who's married has to care for the things of this world, how he may please his wife. So when you're single, you have a tremendous opportunity to serve and honor the Lord. And let me tell you something. If you're busy doing this, you're not going to be so concerned about getting hooked up with a young man or a young lady. You know what's going to happen? They're just going to show up. Like Josh and Sam. Right? You know what, buddy? You owe me. You owe me. If you don't know the story... I met Josh when I was presenting the Philippine ministry and asked him to go on the trip with us, and he decided he was going to go, and Samantha went on that same trip, and they got hooked up together. Both of them just serving the Lord, right? They got hooked up together. That's what God will do. Uh, uh, Let me say this to you. How did Adam find his wife? How did he find his wife? He went to sleep. Go to sleep. Oh, you have no problem sleeping. (laughs) Go to sleep. And when that right one comes, guess what God will do? He'll wake you up. Here we go again. (laughs) I'm going to keep bringing this back. Avoid these online dating chat rooms. That's dangerous. But don't, don't do that, uh, you know, the cell phone conversations, the email, the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter, the Pinterest, the Snapchat. Listen, but what I'm understanding about Snapchat here is basically most of it now is just porn. Okay? But MySpace and texting, all this, listen, that's, that's not how you find a life's partner. You find a life's partner by seeking God's will for your life. Not seeking your own will, but seeking his will. Next, A, 
surrender your right to marry to God. I'm just going to surrender this to the Lord. It's His will. He has someone very special picked out for me. It's His timing. Here you go. I will only court when I receive the permission and blessing of my parents. I've told you this before, but in the Philippines, if, you want to, if you're part of a local church, member of a local church, and you want a court, you have to ask the permission of the pastor. And if that young man, young lady is from another church, you've got to ask the permission of that pastor. So not only does the parents get involved, the pastor also gets involved. I've, I've only had a few over the years come to me and say, Pastor, what do you think? Preparation for courting? You need to be old enough. Do you ever get the idea 13 and 14 year olds aren't probably old enough? Hello? You need to be old enough? You need to be mature enough. Okay. You can be old enough and not mature enough. I mean, I know some 35-year-old guys. They're not mature enough to get married. Next, you have to be spiritually minded enough. I didn't say you had to be some spiritual giant, but you've got to have a heart for the Lord. You've got to be moving in that direction. Old enough, mature enough, spiritually minded enough. You need to be under authority. If you're not under authority, who's got control of this whole thing? The devil does. You know, we're putting this all together. So obviously you're going to be out of God's will when it comes to this whole courtship idea. The next is you have to be actively moving toward being financially stable enough to provide for a family. I mean, you move from courtship, you move into engagement, and I don't believe it should be a long period of time. Courtship, engagement, marriage. That's the one, and we've done it right. We've done it according to the principles we're going to look at next week. We can move into this thing quickly, and that avoids a lot of fornication right there. Okay? Moving into this. <clears throat> but you've got to be financially st st at least... By the time you get engaged, you should be financially stable enough to provide for a family. So you're working towards that. <clears throat> um, if any man provide not for his own, he hath denied the what? Faith. He is worse than an infidel. Solomon said, prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field and afterwards build thine house. You want to marry my daughter? Okay. You got a job? I just got a job. Where'd you get a job? McDonald's. Hit the road, Jack. I just said to my to Christina the other day, I said, how come you guys aren't marrying somebody rich? What's the deal here? But they, they have to provide. They got to be able to provide. Don't rush this thing. Okay. Um, Jacob worked for Rachel how many years? Actually, he ended up working about 21 years. 
but he had a commitment to work 14 years for her. It's a great principle. Great principle. So, so Bible, I'll tell you. But be able to provide. Listen. If you're not able to provide, I would say this. Back off of the courtship. Back away. Do this right here. And get prepared for that. We got too many young people rushing into marriage. Is there something wrong with this picture? This is what's wrong with dating. Yep. Doesn't work too good. Kids. Give your heart to your parents. If you will give your heart to the parents, you won't have that curse upon you. You'll be prepared for what the Lord has for your life. And I love this little picture right here. It ain't much, but it's all I got. And that's all God ever wanted anyway, right? Give the Lord your heart. Let's pray. With every head bowed and every eye closed. 41 principles that we looked at tonight. In about 40 minutes. Is there anyone here tonight that would say, Pastor, I saw a couple things in there that I really need to focus on and change in my life? Pastor, here's my hand. Would you pray for me? Thank you. And yes, and yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Amen. Thank you. So let's right now, let's just take those things and surrender them to the Lord and just say, Lord, okay, you, you touched my heart about these tonight. With your help, I'm going to obey you in this area. I wonder if there's any young people here tonight that say, I, I really need to give my heart back to my parents. Pastor, would you pray for me? Here's, thank you. Amen. Anyone else? Thank you. Yes. Is there any parents here tonight that say, you know, I need to do a better job of giving my heart to my children. Preacher, pray for me. Thank you. Yes. Yes. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.